We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 today. You can meet me there in your Bibles or on your phones or devices. Ephesians 6, if you need a Bible, there's a Bible on the pew in front of you, and it's page 1177 in that Bible. In a few weeks, we're going to jump into a new series talking about the Holy Spirit and uh, looking to understand Him better. I think probably the most misunderstood part of the Trinity, and we'll be taking some good time to dig into who is the Holy Spirit and what does He do uh, and what does that mean for us. Uh, But for a few weeks before we get there, we just wanted to do a few different things, including talking about prayer a little bit, which is where we're going this morning uh, as we have our week of prayer coming up next week. So as we get ready to talk about prayer, uh, I found this video. A church in the States made this video uh, for their church service that just talks about the different types of praying that we do when we come together as a church. You can take a look. So, which one are you? We're going to be talking about prayer for the next couple of weeks, and I know a lot of people, when you come to a new year, uh, you make spiritual resolutions, just like we make other New Year's resolutions, and people say things like, I want to read my Bible more, or I want to pray more, or whatever, and I also know sometimes when I say we're going to talk about prayer, people go, ugh, because uh, they feel like they're going to get a lecture on why they're not praying enough, or or how they need to do better, and that's not my intention at all this morning, Uh, but we just want to talk a little bit about what prayer is, and uh, as we talk about what prayer is, and, and what that means for us, and how we connect with God, that's really all we're talking about. There's, I mean, for 2,000 years, there have been volumes written about what prayer is and how it works exactly, and uh, there's a million different ways we could talk about it. But basically, uh, when we're talking about prayer, what we're talking about is just how are you connecting with and communicating with God? Uh, There's lots of different ways that that can look, but it's not uh, necessarily always like a ritual, and we sometimes use the language of it's a spiritual exercise or it's a spiritual discipline, Uh, and it is those things to some extent. You need to make it a priority in your life for sure, but sometimes when we use that language of exercise and discipline, we actually start to make it feel like a chore, right? It starts to feel like going to the gym or something like that, and then it becomes something that when we're too busy, it just kind of can get lost in the busyness of life, and so when we talk about prayer All I'm really talking about is how are you connecting with God in your life? And how are you communicating with God in your life? And it's going to look different for everybody, which we'll touch on a little bit. But but that's just the basic idea of prayer here that I want to talk about today. So let's take a look at our text. We're in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're starting in verse 18. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So basically just pray at the time always for everyone always, right? Like that's all that is on us as followers of Jesus. Just always be praying constantly for everybody everywhere all the time. And the Apostle Paul is uh, under arrest in this passage. We see that at the end of the verses. He is in chains and he is going to stand trial uh, because the gospel was illegal at the time that he was preaching it. And so he is calling for them not just to pray for everyone else, but Paul says, hey, throw up some prayers for me too uh, while you're there because I need to have strength to get through what I'm going through as well. And so we're going to do something here. We're not going to do it uh, every week by any means. We're just going to do it today. I'm just going to light a little incense uh, because I just want everyone really relaxed and mellow today as we go through this. And I know not everyone likes smells, and I'm with you 100%. Uh, I don't really care for that myself. But there's a picture here uh, that we're going to get into today. And so this is uh, just a little bit of vanilla, and we picked that because it was mild. We did trial runs this week, and we decided this was kind of the tamest one that we could go through. 
And if it really bugs you, we noticed that about halfway back the sanctuary, it got, uh, it got better. So if it smells really buggy or give you a headache and you need to move back, don't feel any uh, weirdness about that. Just get up and move back, absolutely. We put this sheet behind it just so you could see it a little bit clearer. We found it was a bit hard to see the smoke uh, without that there. But uh, there's this picture in Scripture of incense, and it wasn't this particular kind of incense. But there was this picture in the Old Testament temple where they actually had incense burning in the temple. 24-7. And there's a lot in the Old Testament law in Exodus that talks about how that's supposed to happen. Here's just one verse on the screen here from Exodus 30, verse 8, that says, when the priest goes into the temple, uh, he has to burn the incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight so that incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. And so they would go in in the morning, and they would light the lights in the temple, and they would pour in oil so that the lights would burn all day, and they would light incense in the morning, and then when they came in in the evening, they would light the lights and make sure the oil was there so that they would burn all night, and then they would relight incense again so that incense was constantly burning. There was always to be incense burning before the Lord. And it was this beautiful picture, and we don't often use a lot of symbols and things in the church today, uh, in the Protestant church, in the Anabaptist church. The Catholic church has held on to a lot of their symbols. We've sort of gotten rid of a lot of them over the years, but um, there was this symbol in the incense burning that uh, was a picture of what our prayer is, that just as there's incense burning and the smoke just kind of slowly wafts up to heaven, it just kind of trickles up and just rises slowly to heaven, uh, that that's what our prayer is. That when I'm praying, I am offering something that is rising up before God. And so they had this really cool visual that was a picture of what was going on or supposed to be going on. That just like the incense was burning 24-7 and there was constantly smoke rising literally in the room, it was this picture that we were to be in this place of prayer where our prayer prayer was constantly rising up to God, and that our prayer just kind of wafts up to him. And just like the incense, again, if you don't like the smell, I get it, but just the principle of the incense being kind of a sweet smell, a pleasant aroma, that when I pray, my prayers are rising like incense to God, and it's pleasing to him, that it is something that is sweet for him. It's something that he enjoys. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm 141, may my prayer be set before you like incense. And this picture so shows up actually throughout God's word that our prayers are like incense. They rise up before him as something that is pleasing to him. And so we have this picture in the temple of the, the incense burning constantly. And scripture tells us, actually, we are to pray constantly. We are to pray without ceasing. Paul would write in 1 Thessalonians, we are to pray endlessly. We too are to offer up something continually to God, that our incense prayers are to rise like that as well in this picture. And so we're going to just leave this going this time. Again, I know some people after the first service said I really didn't care for that. Uh, we're not making it a habit, but there's a picture here that I wanted us to see. So we're just going to do this for today, and we're just going to let it go, um, and we're going to come back to it as we go throughout the message today. In the Catholic Church, they do this all the time. So if you really hate incense, you're in the right church, uh, because in the Catholic Church, they light it at Mass every time. The Orthodox Church does it as well, because they just really uh, value the visual reminder of this is what prayer is supposed to be like. There's supposed to be constantly prayer rising from us to God. It's supposed to be happening, happening continually. And so as we uh, go through this, we'll just let that go and we'll come back to it as we go through. The Apostle Paul starts off our passage today saying, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. On all occasions. And so when sometimes the question comes up, how much should a Christian pray? Uh, the question that comes back is, well, are you in an occasion of any kind right now? 
all occasions, our response is to be prayer. We are to be connecting and communicating with God somehow. And we'll get into the different kinds in a moment. But in all occasions, we are to be in this place of prayer. So it's not just about, you know, having a set-aside daily prayer time, which I think is really important that we have that as well. But it's not just about that. It is about having that and with that also, not just doing the ritual of prayer or the exercise of prayer, but living a lifestyle of prayer where we are constantly constantly talking to God, where we are constantly in connection with him, where, like the incense, we are constantly allowing prayers to rise up to him. And so, whether we're in a good place, and this was what was so cool about the song we just sang and the intro that Jeff gave for it, uh, talking about the faithfulness of God, that whether we're in a good place or we're in a bad place, whether we're in a happy place or a sad place, or whether we're feeling really, really good about life in general, or whether we're feeling frustrated, and whether our faith is really high, or whether our faith is really low, and whether we're feeling hopeful, or whether we're feeling doubtful, where Wherever we're at, that's an occasion that calls for prayer. Wherever we're at in life, we are to be talking to God about it. And that's where I love in Scripture that God has given us the book of Psalms, because the book of Psalms is a book of prayer. And whatever your daily Bible time looks like, and we would encourage you to somehow be taking in God's Word every day, whatever that looks like for you, however you choose to do that, my encouragement would be make sure you're reading at least one psalm a day, because the psalms teach us how to pray. And the psalms are there, and they're not all wonderful, happy, lovely prayers. Uh, There are psalms that are incredibly bitter There are psalms that are full of despair. There are psalms that are full of frustration with God. And so there's these incredible prayers that David and others have written very authentically out of what they're going through in life. And there's tons of prayers in there that are very joyful and very hopeful uh, and very grateful to God. Uh, And then there's prayers saying, God, where are you? I don't see you in my circumstances. God, why aren't you answering my prayers? God, where are you in the midst of my trial? Those are in there too. And so the Psalms are amazing when we don't know what to pray. If we're not sure what to pray, we can pray the Psalms back to God because that's his word, and we can actually return his word to him and pray through those when we're not sure exactly what to say. And so if you're in a great, happy, joyful place, there's a Psalm for that. And if you're in a frustrated, despairing place, there's a Psalm for that. And if your faith is really high and your heart's really full, there's a Psalm for that. And if you're wrestling with doubt, there's a Psalm for that too. If you're in a good place or a bad place, if you're in a strong place or if you're feeling weaker, there's a psalm for that. And these psalms, that's one of the reasons I love God's Word so much, is that it's not sugar-coated all the time. Like when when the psalmist is writing a prayer uh, and they're in a place of despair, the psalm has that in there. It's it's just raw, and it's authentic, and it's real. Uh, And that tells me that when I'm talking to God, I can be raw and authentic and real. Uh, And so we are able to use the Psalms as something to help us pray and help teach us to pray when we don't know how to pray. And so on all occasions, Paul says, we should be praying. And again, the incense gives us this nice picture that just as if we left this burning and kept relighting it, there would constantly be smoke rising in this room, uh, that our prayer is just constantly to be rising to God, that we are constantly to be offering it up uh, as something to him, and that's something that he is looking for. So pray in the Spirit on all occasions, and then Paul says, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With all kinds of prayers and requests. So there must be more than just one kind of prayer. So when I say the word prayer, typically what we think about is asking for things. 
is having some time in our life where we ask for things, and that is absolutely prayer, and that's probably the type of prayer that we're most comfortable and most familiar with, but it's not the only kind of prayer. There are lots of different kinds of prayer, and especially if we're defining prayer as just communion, connection, and communication with God, that can look lots of different ways. And so just like most homes will have a toolbox in them with lots of different tools, uh, you would use different tools for different jobs. If I need to screw something into a wall, I'm not reaching for a hammer. I'm reaching for a screwdriver. If I need to rip something down from a wall, I'm reaching for a crowbar. I'm not reaching for a wrench. So there are different types of tools for different types of jobs. There are different types of prayer for different types of seasons and different types of uh, things that we're looking for from God in different ways that we're trying to connect with him. So there is no one way to pray. Here's some of the ways the Bible talks about prayer. These are some of the different types. It's not exhaustive by any means. So there is asking prayer. And again, that's the one we're commonly in contact with. That's where we go to God and ask for things. And that's important because the Bible says sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. That there's blessing available for us, but we're just not asking for it. So they encourage us to ask. Jesus encourages us to go to the Father and ask for things. And so that is absolutely a crucial part of prayer. Intercession is the type of prayer where we pray for others, where we stand in the gap, the Bible says. We call upon God to have mercy on someone else's situation. Uh, we call upon God to, to deliver somebody or to heal somebody. Intercessory prayer, we're probably pretty familiar with that as well. Fasting is a form of prayer. We do that as our devotion to God. It's a type of worship where we give something up for a season and we, uh, we do that out of our devotion and, and to, to increase our self-denial and to increase our self-discipline. And we do it as part of our worship. That rises before God uh, as something pleasing to him. Confession and repentance. Jesus told us that that should be part of how we pray, where we acknowledge that we sin and we acknowledge that we are sinners. And we don't need to wallow in despair, but we need to acknowledge that before God. We need to be able to say, God, I, I shouldn't have done that today. I shouldn't have treated that person that way. I shouldn't have said that, whatever that looks like. But Jesus said when we pray, we should be doing that as part of it, or we just acknowledge that before God uh, and ask for his forgiveness. That is a type of prayer. Submission prayer is when we pray as Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Father, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Submission prayer is a great prayer when we're not sure what to pray. Uh, sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we don't have words or we're not sure where he's taking us or we don't know what the next step is in our lives or whatever. In a submission prayer, we say, Lord, I'm trusting you. You do what you want to do. You're God, and I'm not. I'm your servant, and so you do what you know is best. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done, not my will. So submission prayer is where we submit ourselves to God. Worship is a form of prayer. We've done that this morning with some musical worship, and uh, it's often musical. We can speak our worship as well. It doesn't have to be sung necessarily. Uh, we can play worship on the piano. There doesn't even have to be words to it. Uh, but worship is where we acknowledge God for who he is. We lift him up for who he is. We praise him for who he is. And that is a form of prayer that rises up before God like incense. Likewise, Thanksgiving, where we just take time to acknowledge what God is doing in our lives. And it doesn't matter what season we are in, there are always things we can be thankful for. There are always things that we can say, God, thank you for this, that, or the other. There's always things, even in the toughest times, that are blessings working at the same time that we can give thanks to him for. Agreement prayer is when we pray with other people. 
when we get together and we join our faith and we join our hearts together and we pray together and we don't just believe prayer is a one-on-one thing with us and God. We're in a body, we're in a family, we are meant to pray for each other and we are meant to pray together. So we agree in prayer together. And then meditation and silence. And these are nice ones uh, because you don't have to say anything. Meditation just means to reflect upon or to let your mind dwell upon. I heard a preacher say once, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate because uh, you're just letting your mind dwell on the wrong thing in that case. But meditation is when we, when we think about God, when we ponder his word, when we wrestle through maybe a tough question we have about God or a passage of scripture or whatever. Uh, we probably all do that without even realizing it. Uh, but meditation and with that silence is also a form of prayer because our thoughts are on God uh, and we are connecting with God in that way, even without saying anything. And that's good. Meditation and silence is nice because when we talk about ceaseless prayers like incense that are supposed to rise before God continually, that can be tough to figure out how does that actually look in real life, right? Because we can't just quit our jobs and sing worship songs all day. Um, That's, you know, that's not possible for most of us. And yet, as we talk about what does kind of endless prayer, ceaseless prayer look like, um, it can mean meditation and silence. So I can be at work. I can be going about my day and my mind can still be on the things of God and I can still be connecting with him in that way. And throughout the day, I can be pausing to give thanks or to have a moment of worship or to, to ask for help or to pray for someone else or whatever that looks like. Uh, when we talk about praying ceaselessly, we're talking about a lifestyle of continually offering up something to God, even if it's silence and meditation. It doesn't always have to have words with it. And so there's lots of other types of prayer as well. Uh, that's just a, a brief picture of different ways that we can do this. And in the Bible, you'll find lots of examples of how to pray into those things we just talked about. So you will find in the Bible all of these things and many more that you'll find people that are praying with other people. You'll find people that are praying alone. You'll find people praying in the morning time. You'll find people praying in the evening time. You'll find people praying out loud. You'll find people shouting in prayer. You'll find people praying silently without saying a word. You'll find people praying outside. You'll find people praying inside. You'll find people praying musically. You'll find people praying quietly. You'll find people praying and shouting joyfully. You'll find people praying sorrowfully. You'll find people praying repetitively and in a system. You'll find people praying spontaneously out of their hearts and many, 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 many other things. Uh, You will find this happening. You will find all sorts of different ways that people are choosing to pray, to connect with God, and to communicate with him. So I just say all of that to say there is no right way to do this. And I really don't want to give you formulas today saying you should do X, Y, and Z. I really don't want to put that on you because we are all so different and we all connect with God so differently. He has created us so differently. So it's important to me as one of your pastors that you are praying. That is really important to me. It is important to me that you are connecting with God regularly, that you are communicating with him regularly. When it comes to the how of what that should look like, I don't want to put anything on you other than to say it should happen and find a way that works for you to make that happen. So some people really need the rigidity of having a plan. I know people that have their cell phones bing every hour, and every hour they stop what they're doing and they just pray for a few minutes. They talk to God. Uh, They need it that rigid or they won't do it. And I know others who just kind of throughout the day are just in the constant state of talking to God. And they get in the car, yes, Lord, and thank you for this and thank you for that. And they're in the store and they're worshiping him quietly as they go through. And, and so I don't want to put on you a, a specific, here's how it has to happen. But I will just encourage you, uh, it needs to happen. It's crucial that this happens for all of us. And so like the incense, 
it's supposed to be something that is continually happening as we grow in God and as we grow in our understanding. Uh, hopefully that is happening for us more and more, where prayer is not sporadic or occasional, but it is regular like the incense. It's something we are regularly allowing to, to come out of us that rises up before God as something that pleases him. Paul goes on to say, pray in the Spirit on all occasions, use all different kinds of prayers, and then always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So don't just pray for yourself, be praying for other people as well. That God has put us in this family uh, that we call the church. He has put us in this group of people that we are to walk through life with, and we are to follow Jesus with. And it's actually just not physically possible for any of us to do this by ourselves. No one can be a solo Christian, there's no such thing. We all need to be connected to other believers, whatever that looks like. And so scripture calls us to pray for one another as well. Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And we can do that practically, and we should, but we also do that through prayer. That's one of the ways that we practically help out, what we call agreement prayer, when we pray together. It's why we're doing a week of prayer where we're calling the church together to pray. And so as we come together to pray, there is something important that happens because God has put us in a family and he wants us leaning on one another. And I really believe there are certain things that don't get answered in our lives because God is waiting for us to grab someone else to help us through it. And there have been times in my lives where, in my life where just on my own I've been praying for things and praying and praying and praying and praying and nothing's happening. And I don't want to tell anybody else about it because it's personal. And so I just pray myself and pray myself and nothing happens. And then when I finally got to the point of I need some help and I go to a friend who I trust and I say, can you pray with me into this thing? The answer came quickly because I just really believe God was just waiting for me to humble myself enough to say I need help. I can't do this by myself. And I know we know that. I can't do this by myself. I need God. But it's also, I can't do this by myself. I need other people to help. Not the whole world, not the whole church, but we need other people that we can lean on and that we can let lean on us. And so praying with other people and for other people uh, becomes important. And when a Catholic church gets together and they light the incense regularly, there's something about experiencing this together, that the whole church is witnessing the visual of this and witnessing the, the smell of it and they're praying together in that place, that we are all participating uh, in this prayer life together. And as we come together to this morning and as we pray together, our prayers together rise up before God, just like this incense is burning this morning. And so we pray for each other. We don't just pray for ourselves. And then finally, the apostle says, pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And Paul wraps up this little thing on prayer, uh, as he often does in other subjects, by just pointing us 100% to Jesus, fixing our eyes entirely upon God. I find it interesting. He doesn't even say, pray that I will have the words to say. He says, pray that the words will be given to me. He is acknowledging God as the source of everything that he needs. So he's not just praying that I'll be wise and I'll say the right thing. He's saying pray that the words will come to me from God and pray that God will make me fearless so that I can preach this gospel. He's acknowledging God as the source of everything. And I know we know that. That's one of those things that just intellectually, theologically, we maybe understand that God is the source of blessing. But if we really, truly believe that deep down, if that really drove our life, if we were really walking under a strong conviction 
that God is the source of life for us. He is the source of all blessing. He is the source of the favor on our lives. He's the source of every dollar that comes into our hands. He is the source of our health. He is the source of our encouragement. He is the source of everything that we need. If we walked under the weight of that conviction, we would pray a whole lot more. Because prayer is where we plug into the source. Prayer is where we connect with the source of everything that we need. There's a great story in the Old Testament of Jacob. And Jacob wrestles. He has a wrestling match with God. Uh, God somehow physically appears, and Jacob wrestles with him. Uh, And it's an intense fight. It goes on for hours. And at the end, God says, all right, I'm done. It's time for me to leave. And Jacob says, no, I'm not letting you go. He refuses to let go. He refuses to back down. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And if you read Jacob's life up to that point, that's not language that he's used yet. Because Jacob worked really, really hard to build a name for himself. He worked really hard to build his wealth and to build a family and to build an empire. And he did things like steal and lie to get there. He's not a great guy, but it was all his own effort. He worked hard and he deceived and he stole and he lied. And he worked hard on his own strength to make this happen. And he had some success. But at this point, this is a turning point in his life. Because as Jacob wrestles with God, there's some light bulb that goes off that goes, wait a minute, I've been working hard and slaving away. and and dying to, to make this name for myself and to build this empire. But really, it's God who's the source of everything. So now that I'm face to face with God himself, almighty God, he says, God, I'm not going anywhere until you bless me because you are the source of everything that I need. And God does bless him. And this is the turning point of Jacob's life. He's a completely different man after this. Because he's understood that it's not my hard work alone that does it. It's not my efforts. It's certainly not my deception and my stealing. That's not what's going to make this happen. I need the blessing of God in my life. I need the favor of God in my life. I need the wisdom of God in my life. I need him to do this. And once he realizes that, he says, I'm not letting you go, God, until this happens. And it's such a great picture of prayer. Sometimes I ask for things once or twice and it doesn't happen and I give up and move on with my life. Jacob says, I'm not stopping, God. I'm not letting you go. And that's such a good picture of the persistence of prayer. I will not let you go until your blessing comes because you are the source of everything that I need. And when it comes to prayer, one of the most common things that we hear from people is we're just busy, right? Why don't we pray more? Well, we're just so busy. Why don't you come to the prayer meeting? I'm just too busy. Like we hear it all the time. I'm just, I'm swamped. I don't have time. And I get the busyness 100%. I'm as busy as anybody. I have a busy job. I've got young kids. Like there's, there's a lot of things that pull on our attention. But to say I'm too busy for prayer, as much as I understand the busyness of it, that's a little bit like being on a road trip and saying, you know what? We're, we've been driving for a while. We should probably stop for gas. And going, well, I don't have time to stop for gas. You go, well, that's... I appreciate that you don't feel like you have time, but at some point, the car is just going to stop, right? At some point, you need to refuel because gas is the fuel that's going to keep your car going, and prayer is the fuel that's going to keep us going as we connect to the source of life and blessing and favor and wisdom and everything that we need, right? We need to connect to the source to keep going. And so I don't have time is, is uh, something I understand wholeheartedly. Sarah and I spend a good chunk of time each day in prayer, not because we have the time, but because we make the time, because it's important. And we can always make time for things that are important to us. 
And so I will just encourage you as we look at a, a bright new year and as we start um, looking to 2017 and what God's going to do, whatever your prayer life looks like, however that looks for you, uh, let's just look at how's that going to go maybe deeper this year. Our connection with God and our communication with him. What's that going to look like? We have this beautiful picture in incense. And again, if you hate incense, get past that to see the metaphor, okay? Because I don't really like incense either. But we have this beautiful picture here that, like incense, our prayer rises up to God. And like incense, it is meant to rise continually. It's to, to constantly be coming. We're to constantly, ceaselessly be offering this up to God. And like incense, it's something that we sort of participate in together, and at times we need to pray together. And like incense, there's something about this that is just sweet to God. It's just like this smells sweet today, even if you don't like it. If you don't like the smell, think of a steak on the grill or whatever it is that you enjoy the smell of. There's something about this rising before God where God just goes, ah, my people are reaching out to me. My people are looking to me. My people are connecting with me. There's something about this that's pleasing to him. And so let's look ahead and whatever prayer looks like for you and whatever that looks like in your life, Let's seek more and more to offer that up more and more. And just because we've talked about today, worship is one of the ways in which we pray. We're going to end in worship today. So let's offer this up to God right now for a few minutes before we go. Would you stand with us today, please? Well, Lord, help us as we go about our days and as we are living our lives and the busyness and everything that's going on. Help us to lift our eyes to you more and more. Help our thoughts to turn to you more and more. Draw us, Holy Spirit, there more and more and help us to offer up prayers ceaselessly, endlessly to you like incense, Lord. Whether that's asking for things or whether that's worship or thanksgiving or confession or even just being quiet and reflective. Let our lives rise up before you like incense. Let our prayers rise up before you like incense, something that you desire and something that you are pleased by as we seek you as the source of everything that we need. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next Sunday.